Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the life and career of one of the greatest of all time, and that's Danny Hodge. With everything going on in the world of wrestling right now, we wanted to pay our respects to one of the greatest, and that's Danny Hodge. Also, we get into a crazy conversation about pro wrestling memorabilia, and I have my take, and of course, Tommy has his take as well, and we talk to MLW superstar Alex Hammerstone right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, obviously, with the passing of John Huber um, and finding out that news this past Saturday has devastated the world of pro wrestling. But Saturday morning, I woke up to the news that Danny Hodge has passed away at the age of 88. And because of everything that's happened over the last few days, really haven't had the opportunity, Tommy, to talk about Danny Hodge. If you talk to any pro wrestling historian, they would tell you that Danny Hodge was top 25 greatest professional wrestlers of all time really transcended the business obviously in the world of amateur wrestling there's probably very few that were better than Danny Hodge they have the Hodge award Tommy that's like the uh the equivalent of the Heisman trophy for amateur wrestling uh undefeated record in Oklahoma three-time NCAA champion is in every pro wrestling hall of fame um, and truly someone whose pro wrestling career was cut short. Um, first ever wrestler to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and um, he was definitely a legend. We lost him on Christmas Day at the age of 88. I was reading some stuff on him, and uh, I think he was like 46 and 0, and in like some tournament, and was never taken off his feet. Think wow. of that. Uh, unheard of. And let, yes, like you said, he legit helped legitimize the sport of professional wrestling by entering it. He was also a boxer. The guy was a super badass when it came to uh, real sports. Gets into our business, uh, famous for crushing apples. Um, but also just being a badass. I wish for a lot of reasons, the whole thing with uh, John didn't happen, but also because I would have loved to have had JR come on and talk about Danny Hodge because JR was talking about that was his mentor. That was his guy, you know, coming from Oklahoma. So uh, unfortunately we couldn't have that happen. And then when you have, you know, that day was a, a two people passed away that day. Um, and you can't really gloss over the loss of one uh, over the other for their historic, um, what they did for the industry. 
but when you know Bubba said it too, and it's kind of how uh, I feel. Danny Hodge lived a very very full life, eighty eight years old, um, still uh, in great shape. I remember meeting him. It was funny. Uh, Edge posted a picture of him and Danny Hodge, and you know when we had Edge on the show, I took a picture with that group too, and Danny Hodge just. When you would shake his hand, he would crunch your hand and you could feel his strength. But also he would grab you like kind of by your ribs. And it literally felt like the man was putting his fingers inside every rib that you had and was spreading it. So all your pictures, you'd be like grimacing or wincing. (laughs) Uh, But it was more jokeful, not masochistic. I met him a bunch of times. He was, you know, I remember when they did the JR tribute in Oklahoma, he was there. Uh, I like to look at because a lot of people, they'll look, oh, look at that old man. He was a legend. No, that guy is a legend. And I like to go back and the good things about social media, they'll find all these obscure pictures of him when he was young, when his, you know, had a set of abs, when he was in this great physical shape, because some people, not him, because he wasn't an old, frail man. People will look at that and be like, oh, look at that old guy out there. And be like, nope, that old guy was one of the best at one point. Because no matter what, and it happens to every athlete, uh, father time takes over. And we all get older. We all get wrinkles. We all can't do what we used to do. But you have to go back and remember, you know, what that person did to entertain slash you know, there, I, you said it, there is no higher accolade that you can get in the world of amateur wrestling. If you get that award, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, you can go to YouTube cause I, you know, on Saturday I was going back and, you know, looking at some of his older matches, there's a great match between him and Jerry Briscoe, uh, from 1973 on Georgia championship wrestling, uh, that everybody, if they have the opportunity to go back and watch on YouTube and, there's all these myths and legends about Danny Hodge and, and, you know, maybe one day we can get Jr. on to kind of talk about it, but there's this one about Bruiser Brody that early on in Bruiser Brody's career, um, he had to wrestle Danny Hodge and Danny Hodge was going over and he kind of questioned like, really like this, this frail thin guy. Cause Danny Hodge wasn't a big muscular guy. He was, he was, he was thin, you know, he was, he was, he was, um, he was slim. He was slender. Uh, but obviously all cut up um, and, you know, Danny Hodge just can, you know, took Bruiser Brody and twisted him like a pretzel. And then very, very, very quickly, Bruiser Brody understood the strength and the skill of somebody like Danny Hodge. And, you know, you talk about Danny Hodge being a great amateur wrestler, maybe one of the greatest amateur wrestlers to, to come out of Oklahoma, if not the best. Um, he brought flair. Uh, to pro wrestling. And I don't mean Ric Flair. I'm talking about like what we see in sports entertainment today. Um, he he understood the art of selling. He understood the art of so- showmanship. You know, he wasn't one of these amateur wrestlers that would put a headlock on you for 20 minutes in the middle of the ring. He understood the theatrical side of pro wrestling. He understood that, hey, if you're going to put a, a, a hammer lock or a headlock on somebody... You know, just like the person in the front row, the guy in the back row has got to see the excruciating and what it takes and everything. He understood that side of pro wrestling. So he really gave a lot to the art of pro wrestling as well, Tommy. 
Absolutely. Um, I've probably seen one or two of his matches just because a lot of that footage didn't exist. I will definitely watch that match that you were talking about. Uh, it's funny, Dave, because a lot of wrestlers, and I even tell you a, a quick little story about myself when my trainer, Johnny Rods, you know, uh, I didn't know anything about the business. And, you know, I was like, oh, he was a guy that lost all the time or, you know, enhancement talent. And then here's a guy who was a real life shooter. Here was a guy who would teach me, but as well as shoot on me when I did things wrong, made me tougher, which I had to be. But it's that perception of, well, that guy lost all the time. So he mustn't be, you know, a real tough person where he would tell me all these stories of this guy told me to do this or this guy said you know this out of respect or guys would challenge him and he would show me and then when you start watching it I'd be like oh crap this is very much real um you look at guys like a Shelton Benjamin like you know uh, there was at one point no winningest amateur wrestler than Dolph Ziggler and here's Dolph Ziggler who you know his never really shows his amateur skills in the WWE, but uh, I think he could out wrestle a lot of guys for real um, just because they don't exploit those. Uh, your real traits doesn't mean that at any point he can't bust that out if he wanted to. Um, same like with Danny Hodge, Danny Hodge being a professional uh, and that era was different, but Danny being Danny and through all those stories that you hear, because that's how we have to remember him by is through stories by a Jim Ross telling us for, or a Jerry Briscoe telling us firsthand accountability of, you know, what this guy did. Yeah. And, and he was also a boxer, he, you know, he was a golden gloves winner. Um, he, as an amateur, he was 17 and O as, as a boxer. Like you, you, you think about that. Think about that. You know, you mentioned 46 and 0 as an amateur wrestler in Oklahoma, a Golden Gloves winner in boxing, never got, you know, never lost in uh, amateur in amateur boxing, you know, professional wrestler, you know, it's crazy. And and honestly, and, and we had a caller yesterday and this is no disrespect to our caller from Oklahoma. I asked him about Danny Hodge. He's like, I'm a young guy. I really know any, don't know anything about Danny Hodge. Well, you know what? If you're a fan, professional wrestling fan. Listen, know the history a little bit. Go back and read some books. Go back and, you know, especially with the age of the internet, just, it's so easy. Just type in the name Danny Hodge. You can see all these accolades. You know, one of the greatest. And, you know, Tommy, the, the guy who, he broke his neck. Like, he, he saved himself from a car wreck. You know, he had to escape from his car, you know, with one hand because his his other hand was holding his holding his neck in place because he broke his neck. Like you hear stories like that about a Danny Hodge, and you know it, you have to go back and know the history and go back and know what kind of athlete and what kind of man Danny Hodge was. Absolutely, you know how do you play baseball if you don't know who Babe Ruth is or or Mickey Mantle or Whitey Ford the list Sandy Koufax the list goes on and on uh you know Ty Cobb Honus Wagner you got to know these people if you're in that thing because you you it makes you better it really does will it help you uh you know in your career no 
But if you could go back and see, wow, this guy had this many strikeouts or this guy did this, this guy did that. How do I do that? How can there be this? I could be the next him. And I always say old school will never die where what's old is new again. And you could pick up some really, really cool little nuances or things that aren't ever done. I watched somebody posted a picture of the hammerlock and you go and you grab the guy's back of his head and you vault yourself up to get out of it. And as he went to do it, his tag team partner grabbed the guy's trunks. And as soon as he went to do it, the guy laid on top of him. And it was like, you couldn't do that because the heel tag team partner grabbed her trunks, which gave you no leverage. And the guy jumped and kept that hammerlock. It was a fascinating move. And I was like, that was so simple and so great. And no one would ever do that. Wow. And Tommy, you and I talked briefly um, the other day about Danny Hodge. And like I tweet when I saw that Danny Hodge just passed, I sent out a tweet and it, you know, I got some likes from, you know, respectful nation members and, you know, maybe one or two comments and, and, and it kind of died on the vine, my, my tweet. And man, I, I, I got depressed and I was kind of depressed all day. I mean, I was, this is even before finding out about John Uber. I was kind of just depressed all day. And I was thinking to myself, here's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, you know, undefeated as an amateur, undefeated as an amateur boxer, um, hall of famer. He's even regarded in the WWE hall of fame as well. And not a lot of people know about this guy. Think about that. To be able to accomplish all the things that that man accomplished, and nobody remembers, and and and, and it, it really kind of hurt and depressed me because a man like Danny Hodge needs to be remembered. Um, you know, like we talked a little bit yesterday about you know that maybe. You know, the WWE could have done a little bit more when it came to John Uber as far as recognizing him and, you know, recognizing the passing of him. But, you know, nothing about Danny Hodge. You know, Danny Hodge is in their Hall of Fame, like not a graphic, not a mention. Like, it's very depressing when I think about that because that man needs to be remembered. That man's name should be shouted out for what he was able to accomplish. Uh, Wow. You've touched on a lot of subjects. Uh, One, Dave. Um, how many people in their seventies, eighties are on social media? Because that's, it's a generation generational thing. Um, there will be people that don't know there, you know, you and I are crazy wrestling fans. Uh, we're also knocking on 50. So we know all these things there's, you know, if you're talking specifically about social media, my mom doesn't even have a smartphone. And she'd be someone from Danny Hodge's era. She's 80. Um, I think that's how that gets lost because a lot of those people are are not there. They're not around. But in Oklahoma, I'm sure the local legend passes away. It's made big news. Uh, in Oklahoma University, I believe it's, you know, makes big news. Uh, I agree where you say, it that happens, but then also the whole thing happened with Brody Lee passing away. And sometimes, yes, that does get lost. And for there was a lot of fallback on the WWE uh, for their lack of 
tribute to um, Luke Harper. There's a lot of different ways you could think about it. Um, I know a lot of the wrestlers went out of their way to do stuff like that. There's reports that they did an entire uh, bunch of tributes, whether they're going to happen at NXT or SmackDown or um, another one of their you know social medias or on the web. It could have easily been avoided if they did 30 seconds of, you know, a tribute have, um, you know, an announcer say, hey, this Saturday we lost uh, a very, very special member of the family. Our hearts, our souls and prayers go out to, you know, the family of John Uber, show up a graphic of Luke Harper. It would have solved everybody's um, complaints. The There's a lot of bigger issues at hand. And I'll tell you from experience, ECW, there were times and I was helping produce the television show. At times I was producing the television show. I remember there was a time where it was like, there was a wrestler dying frigging every week and we would put up graphics and I'd be like, Hey man, this person died. How could you not put up the graphic? And Paul was just like, there's so much sadness and just like it's, you know, plus it's a heat driven show. That person didn't work here. It, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. And, oh, aren't you afraid of the the fallback or all that stuff? And this is in the nineties. No, yeah. but it was just like when it's too, too much sadness there, that's one thing also is, Hey, that person didn't work here. That not that it's our problem. But if you if they did an entire show dedicated to Luke Harper, do you know how many people would say you're exploiting a man's death who didn't work there for ratings? And then you'd have this whole other uh, it's a it's a no win situation. I know. Uh, and and, and could, it's tough. Could ha- it's tough. There should have been uh, a graphic for uh, Danny Hodge. But then, OK whose life do you put a higher um, or whose passing do you put a higher accolade on? If you were going accolades, wouldn't Danny Hodge have more accolades than Luke Harper? It's so, it's such a a crappy lose-lose situation. And like, I know for me, it would be like, uh, I really don't care what somebody does as long as my family's taken care of. You want to honor me? Cool. You want to make fun of me? You, If this was my passing and someone wanted to put my children through a table, I'd be like, awesome, Bubba. Thanks for doing that for me. If I was watching from heaven, there's, it, it sucks. It's because a, a no-win situation. And then you could also think about it. Um, how many people pass away from, I mean, in, in baseball, they lost seven Hall of Famers in six months and i'm not talking you know other baseball players have died but these are hall of famers um they acknowledge it and you know it well he played for this team this team this team it's it's just it's so weird especially during these times because we're surrounded by fear uncertainty death it it plays on our emotions so it's the fact that she, you know, his wife had to say he passed away from a non-COVID uh, related lung issue it is just like, because right away people say, oh, he died from COVID. And then you have this fear factor. It, it's, 
it's weird, man. And it sucks because here's the bottom line. Forget about um, the wrestler, the, the performer. There is a wife and uh, without her husband and two kids without their dad. Tonight, we will celebrate that. And those two kids are being taken care of by AEW. And that's super cool. And for everyone who wanted to hate on the WWE, think about what WWE did for Eddie Guerrero. And think about how then the only good thing that ever came out of Eddie Guerrero's passing, we got to see the talent of Vicky Guerrero. And she was taken care of. So WWE does a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know about. Uh, I know firsthand how many times they've paid for people's funerals because they didn't have the money. Um, so don't hate, especially during these times. I always say, yes, mourn somebody's passing, but celebrate their life. And if it was me uh, or I, I can't speak for Bubba or Mark, we would want the show to go on. We would want to be happy to know our kids are taken care of and that everyone's being super respectful slash telling good stories, joking around and having fun uh, at, uh, at our expense in the sense of telling nice stories. I love going on social media for everyone sharing pictures, sharing stories. And it's just like, wow, we were blessed to have them in, in our life for as long as we had them. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Should I buy this uh, Sweet Daddy Seeky autograph copy? It's $75. And like like Ed said something in break that kind of scared me a little bit. Like Violetta sees like me spending 75 bucks on a Sweet Daddy Seeky record. That could, that, that, that could cause an issue. Not a big issue. I'm, Not a big issue, but Dave, again. because I care about you. Your brother to me. As a man who has overspent many a time on records <laughs> that has drawn the ire of one's spouse, I'm just, I'm looking out for you. But none of them was a Sweet Daddy Seeky record. Oh, no. That's the thing. How about we, I'll put it on my social media and I'll do a poll. How about that? Put up a poll. Put up a poll. What would be we'll worse have... if you bought it uh, just for yourself? Selfishly, what if you purchased it and wrapped it and gave it to her as a gift? Oh, you didn't want this? Oh, I'll just take it then. That, that that's too not, Simpsons Ed, bowling Ed, ballish. Ed, that's not. Say he's work. a famous Polish crooner. Oh, you know what I could do, Tommy? We could watch. <laughs> we could watch the documentary, and then she could be like, "Wow, this this guy was. I mean, this guy's amazing. You know, because it re it really is a heartfelt documentary to Sweet Daddy Seeky." documentary that you can watch on Amazon Prime. We watch it and then she's like, wow, this is a, an amazing amazing man. Then I get it. It comes in. It's, it's like I had to support Sweet Daddy Seeky. You know? Honey, if you thought his work in the ring was spectacular, <laughs> whoa, wait, there's more. He's quite the bard too. Yes. You know what? Like, 
you know this is going to happen. The Sweet Daddy Seeky record album is not getting any younger. It's aging day by day, which means the value is going to raise. And at some point, there won't be any available. It's not like they made a million copies of the Sweet Daddy Seeky album. So there's probably only a limited amount of copies out there. So I, you know what? You, you know what? I'm going to buy it. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, we got to wait till the poll finishes. I put it up for one hour, which is right before we all right, go to. All right, then you know show. what? All right, here's Tommy's poll. It's at the Tommy Dreamer. He put it up six minutes ago. It said, "Should Dave Lagreca spend seventy five dollars on a Sweet Daddy Seeky Country album?" Also at V. Oh, thanks for tagging my wife, <laughs> asshole. Also, Violetta Lagreca doesn't know about the purchase. The fucking woman <laughs> lives on social media, for God's sake, and you tag my wife. <laughs> I'm voting yes, by the way. Sixty-nine as of right now. Hello, AO. Sixty-nine percent says yes. I should uh, purchase the Sweet Daddy CD. Is she album. home right now? Where is she? She's home. That's the loudest pop I've that. ever heard. Ed, <laughs> waiting for that. Dave, emanating oh, from. Seventy-five dollars. Let's get Viol. We got to get Violetta to come down. And you got you need to you need to grill her about this week. Do you want me CBI. to ask my wife? We'll do a one person focus group, gauge her opinion, and see if. Well, yeah, I, I mean, why not? At this point, it's the year end. This has been an absolutely crazy year. Uh, let's have some fun today. So, yes, we would love to 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 hear from the woman that said yes to Ed Robinson. We'll get my wife Violet on the on, on the air if she will after this tweet from Tommy Dreamer. Also, I have a question for the nation because, I, Tommy, you and I are sick pro wrestling fans. Um, I'm wondering if there is kind of like that holy grail to the wrestling fan, like that item that they want, that they search for on eBay or go on the internet for, or go to these these stores like Pandora's box, like are, are these, these types of stores, Tommy, is there that one item? Is there that one item to you? Is there that one thing that you wish you could have as a pro wrestling fan? Uh, I got it two years ago from the WWE and the WWE network was the, um, the match that I could never see unless I was there was asked for it for my Christmas gift, Tommy rich versus buzz Sawyer. And the first ever, Elimination Chamber, uh, but it was the two-ring steel cage, the war to settle it all. It was phenomenal. I totally had forgotten about the stipulation with Ole Anderson and Paul Ellering, five yes. minutes in the cage. But uh, that was my ultimate – that was my holy grail, which I received. I'll have to think of a few others. Um, I'll have to think about that. Okay. Hey, think Dave. about it. Yes, sir. Let's perform this one-person focus group. My lovely wife is here. Shell, if I spent $75 on an obscure, out-of-print vinyl record without your knowledge, would you be upset? $75? She said probably not. $75. Seems pretty negotiable. All right, $75 is How expensive would it have to be before you got annoyed? All right. She's saying if it broke around 200, she'd get pissed. All right. So, seems oh, pretty okay. reasonable. All right. So I, is, is your is your lovely wife available to come on the air? I, she, she's right here if you want no, her but, to, no, to pop um, on No, that's not air. what I asked. I want her to yeah. sit down in the chair, put the headphones on. I want to speak to her if it's okay. <laughs> you want to speak to her? Okay. Yes. All right. We'll do this right now. 
Thank you, Ed. Okay, hang yes, on. Because hang on. I think this is important. Because, Tommy, that's how you really get... Ed is new as our producer. You know, he just started with us in October. And we don't know a lot about Ed. So I think the best way is to talk uh, to Mrs. Robinson, Tommy. I would think that's probably the best way to get to know the man. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything, Tommy, that you would want to know about Ed Robinson that you don't think that he would uh, give up on the air? You're Now's talking about a focus group here. This uh, Now you're going to a whole other range of things. Just because I threw you under the bus doesn't mean you have to throw Ed under the bus. <laughs> but can, can, can we preface this discussion with the fact that we put over librarians earlier in the program today? That's true. You know, okay. It'll put her yeah. in a good mood. We support the library it. system. Yes, because we had an aged gentleman uh, that, you know, wasn't sure about the computer. And he said that he was going to purchase something and he was going to have to wait for his nephew to come over. And we said, hey, the public library, just go there. You can use the computer there. So, yeah, no, that was our public service announcement for today. So you're OK. So like if there and, and listen, Ed's, you know, worked in the music world for a very, very long time. So you're okay with like 7500 150 if he chose to buy like an obscure album you're completely fine with that. Yes because I like my shoe purchases to go under the radar so I figure that's a good number. <laughs> ah that so this is out. more of a guilty conscience <laughs> thing than anything else. Yeah I'd say so. Okay. Let me ask you this when Ed decided that he was going to leave the Eddie Trunk show and come to bust it open a pro wrestling show were you a little nervous about this career move from ed no okay all right not at all is your favorite wrestler leva bates because she's the librarian Ooh, good question i appreciate her because she is a librarian yes. absolutely. okay all right okay do you do you have a favorite wrestler um in my youth it was bret hart and Shawn michaels Okay. Yeah. Currently, wow. currently, I would say Keith Lee. Okay. Oh, I like that. That's a Up great to choice. Date. I love it. I love it. So, Dave, now, do you know? Hang oh, on, okay. David. Do you know that Chris Jericho and Christian and Dolph Ziggler, we would all, one of our favorite episodes of Seinfeld was the one with the librarian policeman, which was all ad libbed that he did with his banter with Jerry Seinfeld and the guy who did not return the book, who was George Costanza's uh, mean gym teacher was Mr. Heyman. Everything is pro wrestling. Oh, wow. Okay. See, you know, you learn a lot. Do you watch a lot of pro wrestling now with Ed because he's producing this show? Yes. Okay. All right. You're a great wife, by the way, because you'll let okay. Ed make these crazy purchases. And, you know, you should be, you know what? You should, you know what? Go treat yourself. Take out Thank a few you. hundred bucks. Take out a few hundred bucks from the checking account. Ed makes the big bucks now that he's part of Busted Open. Go out there and go shoe shopping. You deserve it. just it. approved my yeah. next Teeks purchase. Yeah, you just gave her carte blanche <laughs> to buy a couple pairs of Teeks. Thanks, Dave. Uh, hey, Ed, no problem. No problem. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Happy Thank New Year you. to you as well. Ed, you got a good one. I don't know how you did it, but you got a good one, Ed. I don't know how I did it either. Yeah. Really lucked out. I did. Hey, everyone. 
This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. So I asked the nation, what's that one item that you've wanted that you just can't get your hands on? Or maybe even during the holiday season, a gift that somebody gave to you. Like I said, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer got me a Ric Flair, Terry Funk, I Quit t-shirt that I'm going to cherish and wear when I'm buried. I'm going to be wearing that Terry Funk, Ric Flair t-shirt that Tommy Dreamer gave me for Christmas. Let's go out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go out to John in New York. What's going on, John? Hey, so I used to collect the LJN rubber figures. And within the last two years, they've exploded in price. So in 1989, they only made them in Canada. So King Haku, a few years ago, was only 200 bucks, which was a lot. Now it's upwards to around $600, $700, and I'm never going to see that. Yeah, see? And now you're kicking yourself for not buying it early on, huh? Oh, 100%. Ultimate Warrior 2, all those 1989 ones. Just blame uh, Zach Ryder and Brian Myers for that. Matt Cardona, but blame them because they they up the price. Once every person saw that Zach Ryder would spend seventeen forty two thousand dollars for Jeez. the Rhythm and Blues Greg Valentine, they knew the market was going up. Did you see that um, the Wayne Gretzky rookie card? is worth it's the first hockey card to go a million dollars i have four of them i have four million dollars sitting around my house yeah i have four million dollars sitting around my house and i can't find it you gotta be shitting me no this has been like for i gave up looking i like ah forget it i'll find it one day when i gotta send my kids to college i got like four of them yeah i know edge has a few christian we're sitting on gold mines but it was the first hockey card to go for a million dollars that's amazing to me. But it's the OPG version of it. And that was the year where you had to scratch off like the lottery ticket of the guy's name, which oh, okay. was so absurd because you knew the hockey player's name. Your brother probably has it. He's sitting on a gold mine. I'm going to have to ask my brother about it. Hey, let me ask you something, John, since you're big into the, uh, the old school WWF figures from back in the day. Is the Ted RCD uh, figure worth anything or no? Now they are. They're all going up. Because so I got a ton. If you have them on cards, they're going to be going for at least a buck twenty-five. All right, all right. Well, mine, mine. Listen, the one thing with mine is, I, you know, I have them all out of the box. None of them are like wrapped. I'm not one of those people that keeps it in the wrapper. <laughs> I like to take it out, Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John, for the phone call. I love oh, the fact God. that Ed is laughing quietly. You're like, I'm watching two children. I, when I have to be the responsible one, it's sad. You are the responsible one, Ed. Thank you for keeping it on track. Let's go out to Jeff in South Dakota. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, guys. Glad I get to call in before the end of the year. My uh, memorabilia I would love to have because I live out in the great white western part of the U.S. that don't exist. I would like a 5 by 7 autographed picture 
of the Busted Open crew because they're the best family on the radio that keeps me going when I get down and depressed and PTSD and all that. I think that would be the ideal memorabilia for me. I'd also like a ticket to a hard car show that'll never make it out to South Dakota, too. And I don't usually, when I get to the East Coast, have a small enough vehicle to get around in. Well, Jeff, I mean, you know, we, we could we could make that happen. First of all, Jeff, thank you, man. I mean, even more important. I mean, than, I've only like, been living in for I've only been listening for eleven years. <laughs> Jeff, you're so you're a day oneer. I am. I'm the one that sent you that hog wild T-shirt from Sturgis with the pretzels a few, about a year ago. Oh, well, Jeff, cancer. thank you, man. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, I appreciate same, that, same dude. Guy. Jeff, so, you know what, yeah. man? I'm telling you, Jeff, let me tell you right now on the air so everybody who's listening can hear it. I love you, Jeff. And, and I know Tommy does. Mark and Bully, we appreciate you. Uh, we, we appreciate your loyalty. And I'm very, very thankful that you're a listener. And I'm very, very thankful that you decided to call in today. We love you, buddy. I, I love you, too. Even when you call me a fruitcake because I get mad about the corona stuff a few weeks ago and... Mark Henry said, I've hit my head on thinking Shayna Baszler should have been the great women's champion. And I, I mean, I know I say some pretty wacky stuff, but it's all in fun. We're one big family. And I've always loved Tommy Dreamer's work. I've been watching for the last six months, the beginning of the ECW years, just so I could watch Tommy Dreamer's progression and up to where he is now. And I, I'd be lying if it wasn't so I could see Beulah, too. But, you know, I, I just kind of love everything you guys do. And you've turned me on to, like, New Japan I've watched and, I found MLW because you guys were talking about that way back in the beginning, and I watched the impact on Wednesday every time I get a chance when I stop at a truck stop, too. I just love it all. Well, nah, Jeff, Jeff, we appreciate And listen, you know, it's your opinion. No, no opinion is wrong because it's your opinion, so we appreciate it. You want to you want to call it? I've been talking about the Sweet Daddy Seeky record album for the last hour and a half, so come on now. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. And I'm still got my care package, so when you guys get back in the studio, I'm sending you guys some nice dots, pretzels from North Dakota, and I got some other little trinkets to send out from the rally. Thanks, buddy. I, I appreciate it, Jeff. Awesome caller, awesome Loyal Nation member. A day oneer, Jeff, in South Dakota. Let's go out to our runner-up and our uh, greatest favorite busted open nation member. That's Lindsay in New Jersey. Lindsay, how are you this morning? Tommy, I am great. Happy New Year to both of you. How are you guys? It sounds like you're having a lot of fun today. We are. You know, I mean, tomorrow the conversation gets deep. We talk about the top stories of 2020. So we thought today we'd have some fun. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was going to call in tomorrow and wish you a happy New Year. And then I'm glad that you mentioned on the air that you taped it last night at like 11 o'clock. It was crazy. Because you're not going to be live tomorrow. So I'm calling in today. And there's so much to get into. We honestly didn't have the time to take phone calls anyway. But uh, no, Lindsay, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, this will be the last time people will be able to call in uh, until it's 2021. We're back live on Monday. But we do have that very special show that's going to be uh, on docket tomorrow. But Lindsay, Happy I'll, New Year to I'll you. What, what do you got planned? Oh, what do you got planned for New Year's Eve? You know what? Here's what I want to say, actually. And it goes... Okay. To a lot of what you've been talking about this week. Um, you know, everyone probably feels a little down this year on New Year's. You know, you, you, maybe you can't celebrate with as many people as you'd like, or you can't go to that bar or that party. But if this year has taught us anything, it's that we have to be thankful to be alive. 
let's all celebrate the fact that we made it through this crazy, horrific, difficult, difficult year. Um, I want to thank you guys for providing endless hours of entertainment and commentary. You've, you've really helped me get through the year. Um, so I'm just going to celebrate at home with my family. I'm going to decorate the house for New Year's. They're going to pop some nice champagne and, uh, I'm going to celebrate being alive and making it through this year because as, you know, as recent as this week, we know there are many people who would love to be celebrating tomorrow who didn't get a chance. So let's celebrate for them and let's celebrate for us. That's what I say. Absolutely. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Something that I also need in my life as a hardcore pro wrestling fan is MLW. Huge fan of MLW Fusion, Tommy. We talk about it all the time here on Busted Open. Court Bauer does an amazing job, and I'm so glad that MLW is back. And joining us right now, live on the line, is your national open weight champion, and that is Mr. Alexander Hammerstone. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Happy to have you on the show. And I got to be honest with you, man. Happy to have you back. And obviously happy to have MLW back. I mean, what was that like? And we'll get into, you know, you being off of TV for a little bit. But, you know, what was that time period like for you during the pandemic to not be able to have MLW on the air? I mean, it was it was rough. Um Obviously, you know, there's a part of me watching, uh, you know, other programs jump through the hoops and, and, and manage to, you know, stay on TV through whatever means necessary. And there's a part of me that's jealous of it, you know, but then there's a part of me that obviously respects, uh, you know, what court's trying to do and trying to mitigate this and, you know, navigate it as safely as possible. You know, and, and also there's a part of me that keeps thinking like, you know, none of us knew how long this thing was going to take. You know, there's, so there's part of me that's just thinking, no, let's just wait it out. I'm sure it's just going to be a couple more weeks and we can go back to having normal shows. Um, you know, but obviously it got to the point where it's like, okay, uh, you know, we need to get back on the market regardless if there's, you know, fans in the attendance or not, you know. So it, it was it was definitely rough, uh, I'm sure, as it was for anyone, just not being able to wrestle, not being able to do what you essentially worked, you know, your entire life to uh to get into. Um, but that just made it all the much more sweeter when we were able to get back into the groove of things and come back. You know, Alex, uh, I, I've known your career for a while, right before, uh, I don't want to say right before the pandemic, but you're a guy who you've been doing this a long time and you really started making strides. And when I say making strides, I remember you're in impact wrestling and, and they're like, wow, this is somebody we want to explore again. Uh, and I remember mm. like, wow, he looks like a young Shane Douglas and man, he's in great shape and all these positive things about you. MLW takes off. You, uh, you hook up there and then it all kind of stops. And, and, you know, we're all wrestling on the indies. We're making uh, a great living for us. Uh, and you're uh, to me you're right on the verge of like, it's, this is it. All my weight 
uh, is about to explode for me. And then we kind of all get put on paused. But yet, you've still stayed in shape. You still have done things to keep that stride going for yourself. What were you literally doing, like, to, to do that? Um, well, you know, it, it goes back to kind of what I said about, you know, not really understanding the gravity of the situation at first, because at first, you know, I, I was just super mad and upset about everything. And I, was, I just said, you know, what? I'm going to take this, you know, the two weeks to flatten the curve. I'm, I'm going to use that time as off time. I've, I haven't done that in my entire you know, career essentially. So I was going to do, you know, two weeks, I'm going to sit on my couch and do nothing. I'm not going to do social media. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm just going to relax, let my body heal. And then wrestling will be back. And then once that two week window was up and realized, Oh wait, wrestling is not back. I realized not only did I have to find ways to stay in shape, but I had to find ways to keep that fan base engaged and to keep whatever relevance I had established. I quickly realized it could either vanish or I could, you know, do whatever I could to kind of, you know, uh, water my crops. Um, so I essentially just started doing anything and everything I could to, to, you know, stay in touch with the fan base, whether that was, um, you know, throwing up old matches or cutting up old highlight videos or just showing my day-to-day life, my interactions with, you know, my pets or me playing my guitar or me working out on my porch. Cause that's all I was able to do. Um, and, and funny enough, it, it really became almost like this organic face turn because I'd never done anything like that. You know, I never like opened myself up, you know, coming, uh, especially like when I got in like 10 years ago, you don't, you didn't open up to the fans as, as much as you do nowadays. And I had kind of been a stickler and helped to that, but over quarantine kind of changed my tune and it really changed the way I was perceived, uh, a fan base, but it ended up working in my favor because like, you know, once we did jump back into our groove, I didn't lose that steam. I had started to build up per se. And that was great no. acknowledgement too, by court, you know, going up against contra unit, because you're right, you know, putting yourself out there, expanding your brand, putting those videos up on social media and getting the reaction that you did. It was definitely the right decision to have you do that turn. Uh, once you got back on TV. Yeah, and, you know, and um, Court's been very much like, you know, uh, like he doesn't like to force anything in storylines. He doesn't like to force anything in promos. Um, you know, he kind of lets the the ocean steer the ship uh, a lot of the time um, because I feel like too many wrestling companies are trying to shove something down people's throats that's not necessarily working. Um, so that's, you know, obviously that's not the way we always do things, but if something's trending a certain way and it feels like it's going to catch fire on its own, you know, why not write it out and at least see where it goes? Uh, absolutely. And you talk about, you know, your, your, the power of your social media. Just recently, you posted a picture of your hand and this horrible injury. And if anybody <laughs> can name how I got it, uh, X-Pac f- fires up and I was like, I send you a DM and be like, you know, this is what had happened. You tell me what happened and you offered a free eight by 10. But I was like, you got me and you got X-Pac, two guys who've been in the business combined like 60 years. And I was just like, man, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, it's literally, you know, people will, will, but younger guys will, will message me and be like, man, what do I do? Like, you're so good at Twitter. And I'm like, I don't, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall. and like, 
you know, if I, if I think of something, if I'm, you know, with my girlfriend and I, you know, kind of say something that pops me and she's laughing at it, then I'm like, okay, well, maybe my fans will get a kick out of this. You know, if I, you know, just that, I'm like, look at my hand. I'm like, oh man, doesn't it look like I kind of smashed my hand up. She's like, yeah, but like, you know, I just grabbed some blueberries. She's like, really? I was like, well, if I fooled you, maybe I could fool some people on the internet. Maybe they'll get a laugh out of it. And, and it just really turns into like, you know, opening up these things in my life that entertain me and to, you know, a wider fan base, basically. You know, uh, Alex, MLW is back, and um, we're talking to Alex Hammerstone. Uh, MLW, you can see every single Wednesday night at 7 p.m., FUBU Sports, and on YouTube as well. Um, And also you can see MLW Fusion on BN Sports on Saturdays. And, and Alex, now that it's back and you're back and you said that, you know, it took a while that court wanted to do it right. I really love the way that MLW is being presented right now during this pandemic that, you know, that smoky arena feel, um, you know, the, the, the way that the sound is mixed in, the commentators, the volume of that. I, I really do think that, you know, MLW is doing a great job now that the product is finally back. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Um, it. It's you know obviously everyone's gonna have their own taste and things you know, but it's like I have friends on like you know certain other shows that it's great talent and great shows um, and great wrestling, but you watch it and there's just these pockets of dead silence or these glaring shots of like empty you know nothingness, and and it kind of takes you away from maybe just a second. Um, whereas you know MLW is doing certain things to try to cover that and trying to blur the blur the reality and kind of make you feel like you're still watching a, a regular live show, you know, and, and some people might, you know, disagree with it or think it's silly, but for me, all it is is just enough to kind of like keep you under the guise that you're watching the same old wrestling you've always watched. Absolutely. I mean, I think MLW, I like how it's presented. I like the look, I like the feel, I like the flow of the show and it's, you know, obviously nobody can recreate the Thunderdome due to expenses. So yeah. it's MLW's own little niche to promote their show. And it's different. And being different is cool. And I, and I agree 100% with your assessment. I personally like it, too. It's, it's different. It's unique. And that's what I like about it. For sure. And also, when you look at MLW right now, um, forget about the production and everything else, which, again, like we, we, we're enjoying. This roster is stacked. When you look at the talent that's on this, this roster right now, you know, coming off the heels of uh, the Opera Club with, with Filthy Tom Lawler, Jacob Fatu, uh, the Von Eriks, um, obviously Low Key. I mean, th- this, this talent roster is stacked right now. Oh yeah, 100%, you know, and, and it's it's really interesting to me too because um, you know, obviously things move at such a fast pace nowadays in the wrestling business as opposed to maybe 5 or 10 years ago, you know, whereas with these fresh faces pop up, you know, and people are able to get themselves over and get like attention so quickly early on in their careers, you know, so young guys get, you know, signed to deals. And essentially in MLW right now, we're in a phase where we kind of have you know, the guys who have been there for a minute, who've really established themselves and and um, who they are within the company, within storylines. Um, and we also have this new group of guys who are kind of like these younger cats with this, like, huge amount of potential. 
And it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out in the next couple months and see who really grabs, you know, the brass ring and who really starts to stand out in which ways and, and kind of where all the chips fall. So, you know, I'm excited for what I'm doing, but I'm excited to watch, like, these new guys we brought in, um, how they end up fitting into the grand scheme of things as well. Alex, um, you on social media, and this is more so for the the not the character, but this is you. And you said you opened up a lot on social media. Um, you personally, besides your lovely, you, your girlfriend and dog dressing up on Christmas together, which is fabulous picture. Um, you, you recently shared about your girlfriend having um, some health issues and mm-hmm. you having to deal with that. Uh, can you, we have a very, very large audience and I feel it's important for people to understand that because also on your social media, you have, you know, ways for, you know, just helping as well as making people more aware of certain things. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, just, uh, man, I still remember the phone call cause it feels like it was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, but she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And um, I'm actually, right now, I'm talking to you from my, my mom's house because uh, she just had radiation treatment yesterday, so I'm not allowed to be around her for, like, uh, the next week or so while she uh, decontaminates. But, yeah, man, I, I think it was just like 2020 just had to get one last uh, one last jab in and uh, hit me with that, um, which has been really rough. but. You know, like you said, I, I, I did open up to, you know, my, my fan base and, you know, there was a GoFundMe to help with some of the medical bills and people came to and, you know, hit our goal within a couple hours and really helped us out in that regard. Um, and it's going to be an ongoing battle, you know, um, cancer always is. Um, so we got a little bit of a road ahead of us, but I, I like, I, I just feel so blessed to have, like, you know, fans behind me always constantly supporting, to have MLW behind me letting me know, like, hey, your job security is in place, um, you know, family and all these things. So as much of it's an, as it's an awful situation, it could always be very much worse. And uh, we have a lot of uh, support in place just, you know, to help her and, you know, to help me and to help everyone stay on track with everything. And, uh Every like I get messages every day from somebody just hey man how's how's everything going how's everything you know moving forward and um, as much as it's not a road we want to go down things are progressing as smoothly as you know can be hoped for right now. Absolutely. Well, that's you know nothing but love and support uh, is what you need, and the fact that you have each other to help each other through those times. And, and like you said, when you think you're at your lowest, they become also part of your highest because it's a fight um, that she will win. And it's a fight that you guys will win together. And you just, when you look back on it and be like, man, if you survive this, you survive everything. And it's, it's very commendable that you did that. And it's even more commendable that people were aware and also that people helped. Yeah. 100%. And you can follow Alex Hammerstone at Alex Hammerstone on social media. And we talk a lot about MLW here on Busted Open. Uh, you can watch MLW streaming on Fubo Sports. 
Wednesday at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Also on YouTube, uh, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And BN Sports Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Alex, thank you so much for everything. We love what you're doing. Uh, we totally support you. I got my uh, Alex Hammerstone uh, shirt that I got from MLW.com on as we speak. And we truly appreciate the time this morning. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. It's always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Alex Josh. Hammerstone, of course, from MLW Fusion, uh, doing a phenomenal job, uh, Tommy. And, and, and I love hearing it as well, Tommy, because he talked about, like, hey, he was a heel on that show and then during the pandemic while MLW was off he used social media to keep you know to keep the buzz going because as you mentioned there was a buzz with MLW and with Alex and then the pandemic happened and he used social media to keep his name out there and it was so beloved that when he came back they had to go in a different direction with Alex and it's you know you can't how we gauge, we talk about this with Drew McIntyre, how you gauge him being the champion would be asses and seats. There's no more asses and seats. So you have to do different ways to gauge it. At least Alex and court took that social media way to gauge and be like, you know what? I think this could work. And it is. And he's a, a really, really good down to earth person. And uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I remember him, like I said, when he came to Impact and they were like, this is somebody we want to invest in. And, you know, MLW signed him. So it's uh, kudos to MLW. It wasn't at the financial time for Impact Wrestling to do it. But the fact that his talents are shining on MLW is super duper cool. But also that, you know, I wanted to get it out there for the nation and for Alex, when he's listening, you know, when we are all in this together. And when I saw that about his girlfriend, I was just like, oof, damn. But the fact that wrestling fans reached out and to help with the, the GoFundMe, uh, commendable to everyone who did, because that, you know, we have to rally behind each other because, you know, that's what we have. We have each other. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.